You are listening to the Bridge Community Church Podcast out of Warrington, Virginia. Our church exists to connect you to God, others, and the marketplace. For more information, you can visit us online at bridge4life.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you are blessed by today's message. So I've asked Pastor Lisa to do today's message. I'll do next week's, but would you give a great welcome to Pastor Lisa this morning as she shares the word. Thank you. Thank you. Would you please stand with me as we read our scripture passage today? Um, we will be reading Exodus 18, 13 through 24. Please read with me. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring these disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain And all these people will go home satisfied. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. To preach the word. The word of God. And God, may it just penetrate our hearts and our minds, our spirits, oh God. So that we will become who you want us to be. And be able to reach out to others who are hurting and bring them to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, everyone said amen. Amen. You can be seated. Well, what, what we're talking about here today is we is greater than me. Isn't that the way it should be? It shouldn't be all about just one person. It is we. And so as we listen and we read today, the um, scripture passage, I just need to give a little background about Moses and his father-in-law. See, 
Moses' father-in-law is named Jethro. Moses now, at this time, has already led the children of Israel out of Egypt, parted the Red Sea, and they've all gone through that, and now they're in the desert settling in. Well, Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, heard about all the great things God was doing. So he wanted to come and see what was happening. Now, me being a grandmother wonders if Jethro just wanted to see his grandchildren. And he used the excuse to see them, or to see Moses and his daughter, and to see the grandkids. See, that's what we do. Um, we make excuses to see our children so that we can see the grandchildren. And, and so that's why I was like, I wonder if, Mo, or if Jethro did the same thing. But Jethro oversees what Moses is doing all day. He's, he's sitting out in the desert, probably under a tree or something, and the people are standing around to get information from him, to get God's blessing, to get God's direction. And Jethro says to him, this isn't good. What you're doing isn't good. So Jethro shows Moses, through his father-in-law, a healthy strategic plan for ministering to people God called him to shepherd. Which leads me to my first point, is this is the first recorded organizational consultant for an effective strategy for ministry. Everybody here of a life coach? Jethro is Moses' life coach, right? And so he points out to Moses that you are trying to shepherd these people, and this isn't good. This isn't good of what you're doing. I'm sure that shocked Moses. But you see, we watch Moses go from a leadership shift to me becoming we. How Moses led the children of Israel out of, of Egypt, out of bondage, is not the same way that he could lead them in the desert as they've settled in. You have to learn how to shift so that people could, could be ministered to, so that people could be cared for. Because to stand in line, could you imagine all of you right now standing up, wanting prayer, and you had to wait for Pastor Greg to pray for you? It would take hours for him to do that. So this is such a great strategic plan for ministry. It doesn't matter what the size of your church is. This is a plan to help you grow your church. This is a plan to help those with the gifts of the Spirit to help you minister to other people. So Jethro lays this plan out. This is a template. And, and Moses listened to his father-in-law. Now, being a mother-in-law, it makes me wonder why Moses didn't listen to his mother-in-law. It also makes me wonder why there are so many mother-in-law jokes and there aren't father-in-law jokes. Because <laughs> this could be a great setup for a father-in-law joke. So I am not going to say or tell you a mother-in-law joke because I'm a mother-in-law. I'm a good mother-in-law. I love my daughters-in-law and my, and my son and my daughter, which we, like I said, we try to see them so that um, we can see the grandchildren. But I do love them. And, and I do love my children. They know they are second place now. But anyway, there, are never, there, aren't, there aren't father-in-law jokes, but Moses listened. 
See, it depends on who the pastor listens to. But if the pastor is trying to do everything in the church and all the ministries and lead all of them, then it can bring chaos. And there's a lot of voices and noises that he can't hear the word of the Lord. Because Jethro also instructs Moses on his role. In verses 19 and 20, he advises Moses to be the people's representative before God. So from now on to this point, I'm just going to call him Pastor Moses because that's what he is. He's the pastor of the people. So, and he also tells them, teach them God's decrees. And in 2 Timothy 2.4, Paul addresses Pastor Timothy to preach the word. He instructed him to preach the word. Find men and women that you can rely on, that have integrity and character to help you pastor the church so that the pastor can preach the word, teach them the attributes of God and how to live a godly life in the immediate culture, but also live out by example. You know, Pastor Gray would probably never preach on this passage just because it, it does talk about pastors and, and how to set up a leadership structure. But Pastor Greg, I just want you to know, um, the leader of the church, like I said earlier, is to pray for the people, is to pray for those that he shepherds. And I just want you to know that Pastor Greg prays for the Bridge Community Church. He prays for this community. I've heard him with my own ears. I also want you to know that he calls your name out because of maybe things that are going on in your life. I hear him call your name out to God because he prays for you, because that's what a pastor does. He prays for his people. So Jethro also instructs Moses on how to set the leadership structure of, of the church, of the Israelite church that he is now overseeing. He told them to divide them up into groups. Isn't that amazing? The first message in the Bible about connection groups. <laughs> right? It was thrilling to me. There are times, you know, you can read the Bible all the time and you not see something. I saw something this time. Man, he was giving out the instruction and, and how to do connection groups, how to lead small groups in a church. It's amazing. But also we read in Ephesians 4.12 that Paul says that the pastor is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. That's why it goes from to we, not me. Pastor Gray can't do everything. I think he can. He's got a lot of giftings, but he just can't do everything. Do you know also that the pastor cannot attend everything? He cannot attend all the ministries going on. He cannot attend all the groups going on. He cannot attend all the ministries going on from the bridge. He cannot attend them. It's not healthy. It's not healthy for the pastor to try to function that way. That's why we have connection groups. Which leads me to my next point on why we have connection groups. So I'm going to tell you about the history of connection groups at the bridge and why we have them. Now, if you have gone through growth track, you know this. 
So those of you who have not gone through growth track, I'm just giving you a little taste of growth track so that you can go through growth track with me and you can learn more about the bridge. But Pastor Greg, this is his vision and philosophy, the connection group ministry. Now that we call everything connection groups, not just Bible studies and the connection groups that I oversee as the, as the pastor of connection groups. Pastor Malik oversets, oversees a set of connection groups, the worship team. Pastor Austin oversees the connection groups in the youth ministry, and Pastor Danielle oversees the connection groups in the children's ministry. They are all considered connection groups because we are a church of connection groups. We are not a church with connection groups, and there is a difference. That's why we have so many connection groups that you saw today. That's why we divide them up. We don't tell you what group to join. We want you to join one that interests you. And that works with your schedule. But the pastor that shepherds the church is to, is to also equip the saints to do the work and share the responsibilities for care for one another. That's how you get cared for, is when you get involved in a connection group. They will help you. The connection group leaders that you saw today and those that you will see next week, they will help you to apply the teachings of God in your life. It doesn't always have to be a Bible study. Jesus taught his disciples in the circle, but he also taught them as they were walking along the road. He taught them in different ways because, because he knew that the disciples saw things differently. They didn't, all, they didn't all think the same. They didn't all process the same. That's why we have several connection groups. And as you involve more people in leadership and have more groups, it enables us to utilize the broader range of the spiritual gifts from God. Isn't that cool? Because today... Before I could get up here and speak, before Pastor Gray could get up here, and even on other Sunday mornings before he can get up here and preach, there are several help groups with the gift of helps and those with the gift of serving active. Pastor Malik and the worship team, they're here around 7 o'clock in the morning. Now you want to join the worship team, don't you? <laughs> the cafe ministry, they are here very early and serving you because they want you to have a hot cup of coffee. Amen, right? I, I just want you to know, first service, when I mentioned coffee, they clapped. They applauded <laughs> because they're the ones that need it, right? Because it's first service. But there are several serving groups that go on that take place, the ushers, the greeters, the, the sound team, the video team, the teachers, the Bridge Kids teachers, thank God for those that have the gift of teaching because they're back there right now teaching your children. Not everybody and not all the gifts of the Spirit can be utilized in a church on Sunday morning. That's why the gifts of the Spirit are so vital to a church so that all of the gifts can work together. And those of you that might have the gift of teaching, the gift of pastoring, and the gift of shepherding, 
That does not mean that God's called you in full-time ministry, but you can teach the word. Those of you that have the gift of evangelism, that may not mean that God calls you to be an evangelist and travel, and so it scares you. No, that means so that you can walk around the community in the marketplace and tell people about Jesus. You have the gift of evangelism. And you might be sitting here thinking, well, but I don't know my gifts. I, I don't even know how to put all the giftings together. Can I tell you, we have a connection group for that. <laughs> it's called Network. It'll help you find the giftings that God has placed in your life that he can utilize because he's got somebody for you to reach. So Pastor Greg, um, in all of his time that he spends at this church, he does a lot of Bible study. See, he cannot do a lot of Bible study and preach the word to you if he's busy trying to handle all the ministries. Now, I do want you to know, and I need to say this, nothing is wrong with Pastor Greg. <laughs> he is not overworked because he understands his strategic plan for ministry in a church. So he is not overworked. But the examples I can give you of connection groups that are in this church, the connection groups that we have, you know, there's a connection group that one of the people that attend invited one of their friends who does not attend a church, didn't know much about the Lord and about the Bible. That friend came. Do you know after a few weeks they led that person to the Lord? That's what connection groups do. You know, everyone is welcome to come to a connection group. You do not have to be or have to come to the bridge in order to join in in one of our groups. You just have to be a love for Christ and a love for people and invite people to come to the groups. There's also, um, you know about our canteen unit. They serve out in the community and they serve our first responders. They are loved by the first responders, but that's the canteen unit, and they serve. There's also, there was also a, a connection group yesterday that went to a family's home in this church because they have a very serious medical crisis, and they are, have been unable to mow their yard, pull the weeds, and do all the landscaping that needed to be done. That group of connection group the guys, they went and served that family. See, you would not know about it unless I told you about it. But those are the types of things that happen in connection groups where that you can, um, you can use your gifts to help people or, or just reaching out to people so that they know that they are loved. So I encourage you to join a connection group so that you can learn more about God because God has a plan and purpose for your life. And, and it's, this is where you will grow spiritually because you have to be connected relationally with a group of followers of Christ to grow spiritually. You might be here today and say, well, I got my people, I got my group. But if they don't know the Lord and following Christ, they're not going to tell you about Christ. And they're not going to tell you how to follow Christ and how, what Jesus would do. They're going to give you other avenues that aren't of the Lord. So follow those who are followers of Christ. Help 
the pastor, pastoral team shepherd the flock. That's what connection group leaders do. They don't, they don't take over. They, they don't replace the pastor. But they help serve. And, and they help with care. You know, there was also somebody that, you know, had to go through surgery. We didn't know about it. The pastoral team. Then all of a sudden, I hear about somebody that had to go through surgery. So I contact the leader of that connection group and say, hey, so-and-so had surgery. She goes, oh, yeah, we already got that covered. We've already been sending meals. I said, you go, girl. That's what connection group leaders do, and that's how they help serve. So my question to you today is, you know, we are designed to lead you out of darkness into light. Somebody led you out of darkness into light and also out of bondage to freedom. So my next point is, whom might God be calling you to lead out of bondage into freedom? In Moses' first conversation with God, when God called him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, he was full of excuses. People won't listen to me. I'm not able to speak correctly. Choose someone else. There's got to be someone else. It's quiet in here, so it sounds familiar, doesn't it? That's what we say to God. You know, when Pastor Greg went from being a youth pastor to a lead pastor, I had some of these excuses. And it was difficult for me because nothing against youth pastors' wives, okay? But you could kind of hide in the shadows as a youth pastor's wife. You know, you're just busy doing whatever, hanging around. Nobody even cares about, well, I shouldn't go that far. They do care about you, what you wear, but you know what I'm saying. You, can, you could wear jeans and everything, but when he became the lead pastor and I became the lead pastor's wife, I, I had God took me out of the shadows and put me in the front lines and I didn't want to be there. Because all of a sudden, I didn't know how to dress right. Just let me tell you, you are so privileged today. Because back in those days, man, we had to wear dresses and heels and pantyhose. And men had to wear suits and coats, you know, and ties. And I'm telling you. But I didn't. And I got, I got a little talking to on how I needed to dress now. That I needed to dress and wear dresses. So I did. My children didn't dress correctly. You know, that's really a hard thing for a mom. They're little kids. Who cares? Leave them alone, right? But now they are the lead pastor's children. And it made, uh, made some people upset on the way they dressed. Well, this is the thing. We have three children. They're all grown now. But we have two boys, and our daughter's in the middle. Now, our daughter was a tomboy. A tomboy. I was a tomboy. Don't let anyone tell your daughters that are tomboys that they're not. They're tomboys. You know what? I was a tomboy when I was in school. I was always the first girl chosen for, the, for all the activities we did. That's right. I 
was even chosen before the boys were chosen. Because I was that athletic. I mean, I was just that good at, in athletics. I was always the one chosen. And one time we were playing a game, and this boy got in my way, and I said, we're trying to play a game. Get out of the way. He said, make me. So I did. <laughs> yes, I got taken to the principal's office. Back in those days, they used to paddle you. Thank God I did not get paddled that day. But, but you know what? That is the excuses that we use that we're not good enough, that, that we don't dress right, we can't talk right. And when he became the lead pastor, I told God the type of person he should be married to. I was the wrong one that he should be married to someone else. I even told God who those women should be <laughs> because they were more gifted than me. And I told him that I was not going to tell him who those women were. <laughs> but you know what? We, we make excuses as if God doesn't know what our faults and weaknesses are. But it's when we know our faults and weaknesses and we step out in faith, then God can do something through our lives. It's when we think we got it all together and we don't need God, that God doesn't need us in that area. That's why sometimes God chooses people who should be, like these people that I thought should be his wife because they were so gifted and talented, sang, played uh, an instrument, right? But God didn't want them for, for him. God wanted me. Aren't you glad? God wanted me for him. But some of you might be sitting here today and have been nudged of God about doing something for him. And the first thing we tell him is that we're disqualified. When we are weak, he is... You know, you may be being called to be a connection group leader or a teacher in the church with the bridge kids or with the youth group. But you have told God all your weaknesses and all your failures. But you know what? You may not be finding a fit in your group to attend because God's calling you to lead. Or you may be here today and you've been in a group and you've lost interest. Maybe God's saying to you, it's time to step out in faith and start a group. You know, we, you saw all the groups today, and you're going to see the ones next week as well. Do you know we still don't have enough groups? We don't want groups to be huge. Because you can't connect relationally with huge groups. You can't connect here. I mean, and, and it's the only way, as when you get involved in a connection group, that you can learn people's names. And it is the way that a large church feels small is when you get involved in a connection group. It doesn't matter how big your church is. If you get involved in a connection group, it makes it feel small because people know who you are and you know who they are. God may be calling you to lead a group. He may be calling you to step out in faith. I can guarantee you this. Some of you are probably shaken in fear. We train you. We don't just throw you in there. We help you to be able to lead a group. 
So if you are stirring today, that's the Holy Spirit saying, I've got something for you to do. And God promised, just like he did with Moses, I will be with you. I will be with you. God gave Moses the power to do miracles. And that same God can give you the power to be someone else's miracle. That's how we becomes greater than me, when it's, when it's about others, not about ourselves. And when we help others with finding who their place and purpose in the kingdom of God with where you are right now, and that's my fourth point. You know, you will find your purpose for your life where you are right now. If we go back into the story of Moses, you need to know that Moses actually started out as a murderer. He got angry and mad at an Egyptian, and he killed him. He started out as a murderer. So unless you've been a murderer, you're welcome to be a connection group leader. I'm kidding. As long as it's under the blood, we're good, right? But, but we all have a past. We all have a past that God wants to redeem. And so as Moses led the people of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land, he led them from bondage to freedom. See, where, where are you starting from? Where are you starting from? What are you saying to God that disqualifies you? Where are you starting from? I can't do that because you don't know the things that I have done. Well, I couldn't stand up here either if I if ever, or and Pastor Greg, if we took that, that concept. I can't be up there because of things I have done. But God redeems us. God sets us free. And God wants to set you free, but he wants to know where you're starting from. What's your starting point? God's purpose and plan for your life involves your participation in receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's where you start. Receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's how you participate in who God wants you to be. So if you wouldn't mind right now, to close your eyes and bow your heads because I want to offer the salvation message right now. If you are here today and you would like to receive Christ, we're, all, we're going to pray with you, all of us. And if you would like to do that, please raise your hand because we want to pray with you. Not because, I, not because anybody's going to call you out, but we want to pray, pray with you to receive him to start where God wants you to start. It's right here, right here, right now. Anybody else? Please pray this out loud with me. Dear Jesus, I come to you as a sinner. My sin is where I am right now. I ask that you forgive me of my sin Cover me with the blood of Christ. Cover me with the blood of Christ. 
Become my Lord and Savior. Help me to grow in you and become who you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. See, this is how you grow spiritually as you get connected with other followers of Christ. And the next step for you of, of accepting Christ as your Savior is to get involved in a connection group, in a small group where you can learn from the people that are there, in a connection group that will help disciple you, walk with you on your faith journey, because Jesus walked with the disciples for a little over three years, and then he released them to do the ministry. So if you've accepted Christ, the best way that you can grow in your relationship with him is, is to start in a connection group. And then in turn, one day, you might help somebody else and disciple them and walk alongside them. Because that's why it's we are greater than me. When we accept what Jesus has done for us and help someone else to be free. At this time, I'd like Pastor Gray to come and ask you to stand. But see, this is how, go ahead, please stand. This is how you grow spiritually, and this is how the body of Christ grows numerically. I say the body of Christ, not the Bridge Community Church, the body of Christ. Because the body of Christ is bigger than the Bridge Community Church. And you just don't know who you might, God might have you reach out to to help another church. And that's okay. So find your purpose and plan and your mission. God's got a mission in the church for you. And when we do that, that's when we understand that we is greater than me.